Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Welcome to our podcast series for St. Patrick Catholic Community on the Beatitudes. This is John Konachek, Director of Adult Formation and Parish Spirituality. The purpose of each of these podcasts is to invite us to a deeper understanding of the Beatitudes and then to seek ways that they can shape our Christian discipleship. Through praying with the Beatitudes, we ask God to touch our hearts so that we might pattern our lives in a way that most genuinely echoes Jesus' message of love and hope given us in the Gospels. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This eighth beatitude is also the last beatitude in Matthew's Gospel and offers a great deal of insight and direction for those who seek to follow Jesus as disciples. It carries meaning for us on its own, but it is especially instructive when placed in the context of all the Beatitudes together, since two parts of this Beatitude have either a similar phrase or an exact wording to two other Beatitudes. There must be some strong connections that we are supposed to see. Let's take a look, first of all, at the two parts of this eighth beatitude by itself, and then we can cover how it connects with the beatitudes as a whole. This beatitude starts with the phrase, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. The meaning of this phrase is rather straightforward. God desires righteousness and justice for all of humanity but especially for anyone who is suffering from injustice. Although true righteousness or justice is something that will ultimately be established by God, as disciples hearing Jesus' words in the Beatitudes, we must participate right now in the building of the kingdom of justice. We find those persons who are needing God's justice named clearly in the first four Beatitudes. This eighth beatitude invites all of us to participate in that justice. Of course, the virtuous behavior called for by Jesus is not the persecution itself. Jesus is not asking us to be persecuted just for the purpose of persecution. Jesus never calls us to suffer merely for the intention of suffering or mortification. What Matthew is identifying here is the degree or level to which each of us is invested in the justice of the kingdom. The beatitude seems to indicate that Jesus is asking for us to be so committed to God's cause that we are willing to do anything, willing to suffer, willing to be persecuted for it. 
Therefore, the eighth beatitude is a perfect conclusion to the second set of four beatitudes because it ties together the central theme of these last four. Those disciples who show mercy and work to establish God's justice and peace are people committed to work of the kingdom. If these persons are clean of heart, a reference to the sixth beatitude, their commitment will not falter in the face of persecution. The final beatitude truly gathers together a theology for the last four to reveal what is required of discipleship, showing gospel mercy, being clean of heart, and being bearers of God's peace will cost us much. If our ministry is anything like that of Jesus, our faith will cost us much. The eighth beatitude doesn't limit its connection to only the last four. It also links all of the eight beatitudes. The persecution described in the eighth beatitude suggests that these virtues expressed in the beatitudes five through eight will bring some sort of persecution for a reason. The misfortune suffered in the last four beatitudes comes as a direct result of commitment to bringing righteousness or justice to the unfortunate ones identified in the first four Beatitudes. All of those categories of persons from the first four Beatitudes are considered to be desperate for God to reverse their situation. The first four Beatitudes describe those who are suffering and seek a turnabout. There is no blessedness in being desperate or in hopeless poverty in experiencing debilitating sorrow, in being oppressed and powerless, or starving for justice. All of the circumstances found in the first stanza of the Beatitudes are situations caused by other persons, and as such the change requires not only work on God's part, but on ours as well. As disciples, we are initially called to accompany those who are crushed by poverty or sadness or oppression and bring them liberation and justice. What is challenging, however, is the way that the final beatitude might invite us to act to bring about this righteousness. To accompany someone or to be a Christian companion requires more than just walking alongside. Certainly that is where Christian companioning begins but there is so much more to it than that. It is in this more requirement that the final beatitude gives us its deep meaning for Christian discipleship. The beatitudes are crafted to help us discover the interweavings of how we are to live as disciples. In the address of the beatitudes offered by Jesus, Matthew gives us some brilliant structural connections. For example, the reference to righteousness is used in the eighth beatitude and the fourth. The fourth beatitude belongs to the first stanza or set of beatitudes one through four. The eighth belongs to the second stanza, beatitudes five through eight. As we mentioned earlier, the first stanza refers to persons who are desperate for God to reverse their predicament and to end their suffering. The second stanza includes qualities or virtues required of disciples who would claim themselves as followers of Jesus. 
The use of the word righteousness requires that we pay attention to how it is both similar and distinct in its placement in the fourth and eighth Beatitudes. In one, we encounter those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, while in the other, it is for the sake of righteousness. Each of these references to righteousness in some way brings a conclusion to the set of four Beatitudes that they finish. In the first stanza, the righteousness is out of reach for those who are suffering. In the second stanza, the righteousness comes with persecution. One other structural piece of the eighth beatitude seems to bring the entire text together, and that is the phrase, for the kingdom of God is theirs. This final phrase of the last beatitude is also the final phrase of the first beatitude. They both end with, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Matthew invites us to discover why that repetition or connection is there. The kingdom of God that Matthew names is not just something for the distant future. It needs to be recognizable in our discipleship today. But it's not a kingdom for individuals. It's a kingdom where no one is left behind or left out. When we put everything together, all of these beatitudes, the kingdom of heaven alongside the persecution for the sake of righteousness, something fascinating happens on the way to discipleship. With these beatitudes as a guide, we are able to truly reveal our level of commitment to God's justice and peace. We don't simply walk alongside or accompany those who are suffering as if from a distance. We are willing to actually switch places with them. Our commitment to them means that we so embrace our Christian discipleship that their persecution and suffering ends and may result in our own. Jesus' ministry of healing the sick and restoring the dignity of the ones the scribes and Pharisees had discarded as sinners brought him to the cross, brought him to be arrested and crucified. Jesus removed their suffering and took it upon himself. He switched places with them. If we truly follow Jesus, we rejoice in meeting the same fate. But all is not lost. In the resurrection, we are all given the kingdom of heaven. In this season of Easter, Jesus never leads us just to the cross. He also invites us to witness the empty tomb. Our discipleship finally brings us to Pentecost, where we are sent forth to announce the good news, to announce the kingdom of heaven proclaimed by Jesus Christ. May God bless us during this season of Easter to be people of the resurrection. May we all follow the command to go in the peace of Christ.